Good morning, people, and welcome to the world of Rainy G. I'm welcome today with my very first ever guest on the world of Rainy G podcast, and it's the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Ryan Bailey. How you doing, man? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thanks for having me on. It is a huge, huge pleasure to be be the first on here. As one of your live guests, it's wicked. Can't wait. Um, we'll say just now that we've had a bit of connection issues with Anchor, so that's why the sound quality is a bit, a little bit not what you should be. Um, for some reason, Anchor was not working for us, so uh, that's just a heads up as as to why this episode might sound a little bit meh. But um, what, ha- it's what happens when um, you got to do this in lockdown? Yeah, you can't just meet up. So. Uh, Obviously, first and foremost, Ryan, how are you? How are you coping with lockdown? Yeah, I'm, I'm coping all right. It's not too bad. You know, it's the same old, trying to keep myself busy every day, trying to keep myself entertained. But other than that, I'm doing all right, staying sane. Obviously, uh, before lockdown struck, you were working at Riverspoons? Yeah, so I'm, I'm still there. Um, so I was, I was working there... Uh, uh, in obviously up until the lockdown started in November, uh, and then we opened up for two weeks. I was back for a week, so a week's holiday, uh, and then we hit tier three in December, and uh, and closed from that point onwards. Closed throughout tier four as well, and obviously now we're in official lockdown. So uh, I'm hearing May might be a, a, the time we might open up again, but you know who knows. Yeah, first like May or June would be like the time we're in pubs and restaurants are shot until so yeah we'll see what happens I guess yeah thank god the takeaways are open yeah <laughs> I'm, 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 you know what now I mentioned now I might grab one grab one tonight actually yeah I'm, treat I'm, yourself so before we go into the podcast do you want to give yourself a small introduction to the people that don't know you uh, so um, uh, my, my name is Ryan uh, we covered that I think enough already but um, <laughs> yeah my name is Ryan uh, I studied uh, performing art um uh, like mainly uh, when I was in education, uh, took a HND in that. Uh, after I graduated from that, I um, I uh, went on to like find I got a job at Weatherspoons just to get myself money, you know, obviously just to get that coming through the door. And then obviously uh, coronavirus that hit, so been in the same situation from that ever since, really. So we've got a few topics we're going to discuss today. Um, firstly, is Manchester United. I see you're a massive United fan, so we'll oh, touch yeah. on that briefly before uh, we get into the other parts, other topics, I should say. Uh, also, we're going to discuss your H&D course and how that went. Uh, we're going to talk about your recent new obsession with snakes and lizards and stuff, and what your plans are for that. Oh yeah. Um, going to discuss well going to be the first uh, entrant or participant of my new segment which is Who Do Your Tattoo Bitch where we discuss your tattoos and then also you can touch on your relationship with Megan and then finally the Q&A that'll be cool I'm looking forward to this so obviously first topic United uh, obviously United had their uh, shock upset loss to Sheffield United on Wednesday I think it was Um, I believe it was yeah but they how do you feel after that result? Yeah, it's not good, is it? It's not what we won. But, uh, you know, we're still in the title challenge, technically. I don't think we'll win the title. Yeah, I think, you know, at least top four is definitely should be a target. We're back to Thursday nights. 
That's going to be great fun. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, back, back with you guys. Yeah. For the uh, Europa League. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Just, look, the, the season's been crazy. I've seen the season's been weird so far. So much weird stuff has happened. You know, mm. I wouldn't put it past us if we'd end up doing maybe going on to win the league. I think if it came down to it, I'd rather be focused on the league than, you know, the Europa League or the FA Cup. Mm. But, you know, it's. We'll have to see. I mean, credit to Oli for scaring us into this position. You know, he didn't get who he needed in the summer. He didn't get signings, and look where we are still. So, you know, I've got to give the guy credit. Do you think Oli's truly back at the wheel now after the season so far? Um, uh, I don't know. It's kind of start singing Oli's at the wheel. I mean, that song doesn't work no more anyway. We got rid of Sanchez and Lukaku. Yeah, true. Uh, you know. It's, it's all good because, you know, you go back to it's one of our worst arts to see in ever. Now we're in the title race. It, it, it's, it's awkward. It's weird. You know, we started very poorly. Our home form was terrible. We lost our, we lost our home to United. Our away form was amazing. If you look at the Premier League off our home form, we're like down around 11 or 12. It's you crazy because usually teams struggle away, not at home, so... Yeah, it's weird, it's weird. It is weird. Because well, he's outlived Lampard. Lamp, he's outlived Lampard. Yeah, so I think <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the end of that debate. You know, we've got a whole, or who was better? You know, I think that's finished now, isn't it? We'll see for a while. Um, and one doesn't. On the subject of your home form, we'll see for a while. Old Trafford was seen as a fortress back oh, in the Fergie days and stuff. Years. So, it's not been a fortress for years. Yeah, since Fergie left, it's, uh, it's gone downhill. Yeah. I think under Oli, it's been the closest to to when it was like with Fergie. I mean, there has been progression. Whether you like the guy or not, we have got better as a team, mm. especially in recent months since he's been there. So, you know, it's better than it was. I mean, Pogba's starting to sort of come into form a little bit, which is nice to see, see that happening. But, you know, it, hopefully things are going to be on the up. Hopefully. But you never know with us. True, yeah. You never know with United. You, you never know. We could, we could go on a losing run of seven, eight games now. Touch wood. <laughs> what are we going to do then now? Also, we're just over halfway through the season. And as you said, you've still got the Europa League and the FA Cup to look at as well. Can you see United walking away some kind of silverware this season? Or not? What are your thoughts on the uh, racism that happened from United fans against Martial and was it uh, Tintabi? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's, it's, it's like, to be honest, lifetime bans should be issued um, to them people if they 
you know, either they attend the games regularly or not. Mm. Like, it's not right. It's got no place in football. It's got nothing to do with football. No, not at all. You know, it's got absolutely nothing to do with football. Life 2021, it's and it's all happening. It's a disgrace. Yeah, but you know what? Like, it's not helped when things happen. Like, I mean, even last year, you know, that this year or last year, part of this season, the PSG game, you know, when all yeah. the players... Yeah, yeah, that was pitch. disgraceful. But that was, that's a match official, but, you know... Like that's that's a referee. Yeah, which says it all really. When, yeah, when the referees are doing <laughs> it. Referee, yeah, the refs are doing it. Like you know, it needs to just. It's got no place in football. No. It needs to sort of be stopped at all levels. You know, I I agree with what the PSG players did really. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, like, good, good to just, like just show a bit of solidarity. Um, I don't know if you saw, but did you see what happened to Martial's wife? No, what happened to his wife? Uh, people on Instagram were messaging her saying basically fuck your husband kind of thing. Um, as if like the player himself isn't getting his fair share of abuse, like racism as well, which is totally out of order. Now starting on their family as well, is just taking it way too far. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of... Um, I mean, firstly, I just wrote condolences to Marshall for a bit, and I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, yeah. Like when his wife was pregnant, I remember it was pre-season, and the geezer got got fined by Mourinho. Well, Mourinho wanted to find him for like going AWOL. Oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. Wife was, his, his wife was in labour. Like she went into labour, uh, so she got rushed into hospital, and there was like complications with the birth or something like that. And um, that's that's remember what I remember reading. She had complications with the human birth, and uh, yeah, Mourinho tried to find him um, for going AWOL. Because he he left training, like that's just the guy that's so much stick from being yeah. United. Like he's not even a lazy player, you know. Everyone gets on his back saying he's lazy. He's not even lazy. It's just that like we never had anyone creative enough to actually get the ball to him. Hopefully Fernandez can be that answer for you. Why well, he well, seems to be so high. Not for me being an Arsenal fan, but obviously I'm guessing you. Yeah. But on, back onto the subject of it, like it's it's not right, I, and the, the way fans are messaging family now, I mean, it's like when, yeah, it's like order. You know, yeah, order. It's like when the people went to Ed Woodward's house. Yeah. You know, out, they were standing outside his gates with flares and like torches and like sparklers and all that, like shouting abuse. Mm. Now, I know he wasn't even there, but like it's the, you know, the, the, um, the, the, guy's the hope, principle like, of it kind of thing. I know he's a donkey, but it's not the point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, don't, you shouldn't be doing shit like that. Like. No, no, last uh, question here on United. Uh, obviously, Van der Bake being a real talking point of United of recent way, of recent, of recent late even, I can't speak. Um, well, what are your thoughts on Van der Bake? Obviously, he's not really been given any time to show what he can do. Obviously, he was an absolute diamond at Ajax, absolute baller. But um, already doesn't like him, it seems. Well, I mean... Firstly, I feel like Oli wanted Grealish and Van der Beek was just a bit of a, we can't get him, he's 70 million, we ain't paying that much, take him in instead. Um, he's, he's been coming on off the bench, started the other day, um, but he's being played, uh, the reason Oli don't start him, I don't think it's a case of Oli not really liking him, I think Oli's just a bit sort of, I think it's, it's weird, he views him as a number 10. Mm. Like like Fernandez, 
So I think he thinks if Fernandez plays, you don't play Van der Beek, and if Van der Beek plays, you don't play Fernandez. But it's not like that. I mean, he can play as a as a as a central midfielder. So if it was me, I'd play him alongside Pogba and play Pogba as a number ten. Yeah, at Ajax, um, he did play a little bit. We could play a little bit deeper and stuff. Like he, I think he used to play like alongside Daily Blind in midfield or alongside uh, Frankie De Jong in midfield as well. So. You know what? He did work well in midfield when he when he when he has played he's, uh, when he's played with Fred. Him and Fred as a midfield pairing is, is a decent pairing. Mm. Um, they work well, but you know there's rumours Pogba might be going. Yeah. But if if he goes, would that open the door to Van der Beek or? Well, you'd imagine so. But the thing is, like, when you when you really think about it, like Van der Beek is only really just replacing Herrera. Mm. If Pogba goes, we need someone to replace Pogba. We never really still ball someone to replace Fellaini. You know. True, yeah. So, it's almost as if you go, yeah, it's almost like as if actually Van der Beek replaced Fellaini. Still need to replace Herrera. You know, and then if, if Pogba goes, who are you replacing him with? I mean, are we, there's talk that we, only, we might only get 50 million for Pogba. How much did you pay for him? Like 90 million. Jeez. Yeah, 90 million. Let's talk of 50 million. Because of the, the, the market. But I don't see how, to be honest, if, if Dortmund can get away with like putting their foot down and saying no more than like 110 million for Jaden Sancho, mm. then I don't think 150 million for Pogba was unfair. I don't. I mean, a lot. I mean, here's an interesting fact. You know, a lot of people like to sort of, you know, I know he's not been as good as he could be at United. Uh, at the moment, as it stands, like he's played the same amount of games uh, for United as he did for Juventus, and he's got the same amount of goals. Oh. For both. Then. You know. In that case, he should be worth the same amount. He well, yeah. You know, maybe when when you add the fact that he's a bit older now, he's won the World Cup as well. You know, maybe you sat ten million on for that, mm. because you know, plus the, just who he is in the name. But yeah. I mean, he, he's performing. It's almost like his performance here is as good as in Italy. It's just it's a harder league. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's people do tend league. to not realise that the leagues, every league plays differently, and obviously, Premier you know, is a lot different to the Serie Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about you know every or. Pogba was terrible because of his performance here. Look at Chris Holden. Mm. You look at him over here, and you look at him on Roma. He was one of the best centre-backs throughout the whole season with Syria. Yeah. With Roma. You know, they were desperate to buy him from us. Really desperate. So, you know, if he come back to the Premier League, what, is he ready? To, would he be like a one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League? Of course not. It's Chris Holden, for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's times when Team and Phil Jones were like laugh ball when you were there with oh. the back two at United. Phil Jones is funny, man. He's a clown. It's the pink boots. Yeah, yeah. It's the pink boots. Oh, All right, we'll, um, we'll move on to uh, the next topic now because I'm sure I know there's plenty of people that aren't into football and it's like, oh, yeah. what are they on about? So, yeah, uh, performing arts. Obviously, you studied performing arts for three years at the college? Two years. Two years. Oh, you didn't take the third year, did you? Yeah. No, I didn't. 
years. How did you get into performing arts? So, like, from a young age, I just, like, I'd always wanted to be an actor, pretty much. I just wanted to, like, go into acting. Um, I didn't really take it at GCC level. I kind of, like, I sort of forgot, but not forgot about it, but just sort of let it go. I focused more on sort of history, ICT, like, uh, I did a language as well. I did Italian, not that I could speak any of it. Somehow, passed the course, not sure how, but, you know. Uh, when, when it got to my A-levels, I sort of looked at... Uh, sort of trying to get back into it again. I, I, so I, I did, I picked it up and like, I, I, I did well at it. And, uh, so I decided that I was going to try and do a. Uh, I, I mean, I was looking at doing a full three year degree in it, but I, like, out of the courses, the HMD looked the best that I found anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, I ended up taking this on there and uh, obviously I went on to the course, which was, which was really good fun. It was mm. brilliant two years. Um, obviously, I don't do performing any any effort anymore. But at the moment, would I, would I would I do it again? Yeah, I'd love to at some point. But like you know, things things change, plans change, yeah. life, life changes. And Especially with how things are at the moment, you plan. can't really predict anything. Oh yeah, I mean, if you probably could have asked a hundred people like two years ago, what do you think will be happening in 2020, 2021? I don't think anybody would have said mad pandemic. Yeah. Lockdown free, you know. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy that's coming on. No one predicted it. No. Um, obviously, uh, at H&D, you've done a fair few shows and stuff, and uh, I came along and saw some of your shows, actually. Um, yeah. What was your favourite show that you've done? Oh, God. <sighs> um, so, I mean, out of the ones that we did, I, I mean, we... I, I really did enjoy Little Shop of Horrors. That was that was really good fun. Mm. But my my personal favourite was probably um, the Plotworth Orange. I'm glad you said that because that leads totally into my next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously a uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, yeah. You were uh, you were on stage for the whole show. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell the people like what you done, how you prepared for it, that kind of thing? So, um, well, obviously, like, firstly, the, the script, we, we cut a lot of stuff out based on just firstly, like, the size of the, the like, the, the, the number of cars we had. You also, uh, on like, top of that as well, like, the, show. the film is about two hours long, and I think you've done it in, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. And there's a lot of stuff. We, so, what we try to keep is just the stuff that's made more sense of the story the points of the story across. The others, there was a lot of stuff that was sort of, there's a lot of filler in it. You know, you know when you get a TV series and like, you know, you get the old episodes that's like yeah. nothing to do. Yeah, it was like that. There was a lot of filler in the script. So we, we condensed it down um, and got it to around about a 45 minute mark, which was kind of like, that's what we were going for anyway. Um, so it was nice to, to like, once we sorted all that out, getting the script and having the script was nice, just to get to read it. But uh, it was about 90 pages long, the, the, whole, the script that I had to memorise in the end. It was the hardest script I've ever memorised, ever. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, you were on stage for the whole show, essentially. So, yeah, there's a lot of lines and stuff you had to remember. Oh, yeah, it, like monologues. Mon yeah, honestly, man, monologues on monologues. Of, Did you have, like, a method on how to remember pages and lines and stuff or um, was it just, to, to be honest, just a good memory? I, 
going to, though. This is going to sound completely mental. Um, the way I, like, to get into a character, I kind of, like, stand in front of the mirror and to sort of, like, deliver some of your lines to yourself. If you're going to do a voice or whatever, try and, try and figure all that out. And once you've got that, like, I'd literally stand in the mirror and read the script and just, like, perform the scenes. I can see you being, like, what about the taxi driver on, just looking at them over, like, you talking to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of like uh, how like the show essentially like the stuff we're going for people that don't know the show so basically like it's about this uh, this, this guy uh, called Alex and uh, he's like the leader of this gang in this like sort of weird dystopian sort of future of the UK and um, he ends up like you, it starts the film starts with you just see his gang on like a mad night of the town and they they, they drink this weird, like, milk drink, which is essentially, like, drug, it gets high, and then they go off, like, acting nuts, and they break into this geezer's house, and, like, they, they, they rape his wife, and they, like, they, you think they kill him, but they only break his back, but they beat the fuck out of him, like, badly. I just want to say, the, um, the, the scene he just mentioned there, that's probably one of the most famous, like, scenes out of the film, and yeah. also in, like, history as such, because... That kind of scene wasn't really like it was kind of taboo back then in the eighties when it's made, the eighties, seventies. I can't remember when it was made, but I, yeah, I mean, when the whole film, the film in general, when it first came out, was just sort of like, uh, nah, bad. Yeah. Didn't like it. You, like it weren't like a, a really like a highly approved sort of film. It was very like sort of people looked down upon it. Yeah, it was Stanley <laughs> Kubrick, wasn't it? That, Directed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, because even going off off of that, that that dodgy rape scene and all that, like going beyond that, um, like when when he he ends up getting you know caught and arrested, he has to go to prison, and then like they, they, the government are doing this sort of new weird therapy where they like make you watch disturbing stuff nonstop and, until you basically like. Every time you think of anything bad, you basically you, you throw up. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. And like that, that there's a scene where like, obviously we didn't do it as intense because it's like theatre, so we couldn't do it like, the way we did it. I was facing away from the audience, obviously delivering the lines, or like screaming and all that. But in the film, like they literally pin his eyes open and they just like do a lovely close-up of his face, so you can see his eyeballs. Right, and just have a solid like thirty seconds of that. You know, it was really, and then they show him physically being sick, right? Which actually happened to me when. Oh, maybe you're telling me not, this, yeah. Not, it wasn't so like I, it wasn't intentional, like, but it was just I was heaving so much in the scene um, when I was doing it that like you just ended up being sick. Like I, I couldn't eat any food after. 
full in it because like I just didn't feel hungry. Like any food I tried to eat, I just want to like throw it back up. My body was just like, nah, you're not putting nothing down that. Yeah, obviously, um, for the show, you were like on this platform kind of thing, and you faced away from the audience, and you like. Obviously, yeah. actually, like you throw an off, but I remember you telling me, like, at one point, you almost did. Oh, yeah, yeah. One, at one point, I generally actually thought I was going to throw up. At one point, I did throw up when we was in the rehearsal, um, like, in my mouth. Like, and I had to, like, swallow it. Okay. That was <laughs> It was horrible. Like, I'm, I'm literally on my hands and knees, like, but tears in my eyes. So I'm actually, like, hurling. That's dedication. That's true dedication. Mouth, just, like... I thought I was with that. I just swallowed it. It was, it was grim. I needed a drink afterwards. Uh, because it was cool. like non-stop anyway for 45 minutes. Yeah. Like knackering. Knackering as well. Like it was so tiring. But, but it was a good tiring. Last thing I want to mention about your H&D course is your uh, panic room that you've done. So I really enjoyed that. Oh, um, I, that was a fun project. For you those that didn't see or didn't take part in it, do you want to quickly describe what that was? So we literally all like we was positioned like we designing a panic room for Halloween and we could come up with sort of whatever theme we wanted. Um, so like the the number of us in, in um, the class we all like split up into like some like partners or pairs. Uh, and then uh, we'd um come up with the concepts and like design the rooms and there'd all be puzzles in it and like, you know, it was all designed around like horror different sort of types of horror themes. So I ended up doing, uh, like, me and uh, Leanne in my class, we ended up doing, like, a like, circusy, jokery sort of thing. It was hard art one. It wasn't circusy, it was definitely the joker. Well, it was, it was meant to try, it was originally supposed to try and be circusy as well. There was originally, like, a bit of an idea to have that, but that kind of did come through for, for like, certain reasons. Also, um, when uh, me and my group came in, you were, you were very close to breaking character. Yeah, well, that's because, like, obviously, <laughs> A, I knew you guys, and, and you, 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 like, you guys are the only ones that, um, like, didn't sort of react in, in any way, shape, or form. Like, no one else, like, I mean, other people that I knew came through, no one else walked in straight away and was like, oh, hi, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Charlie that walked in, and it's like, are you right, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, but that, I didn't expect that, that, um, that got me. So like that, it was hard. It, when I was uh, doing, uh, I think it was your group or another group as well. Like you know, I hit that cane on the floor. And yeah. I went to whack the cane on the floor. And I, like, I missed, missed the floor, and I just slammed it down square on the top of my foot. Like, uh, <laughs> that went off. That was that. that no, it was bad. That it was well painful. I wanted to like sort of scream out, but like, I was just, I didn't break character again. But that hurt. That like, was zipping around afterwards. So uh, oh, anguish. Moving on to snakes and reptiles now. Obviously, um, you've recently, or I think recently, discovered your love and stuff for reptiles and snakes. How did you get into that? Oh, I've always like had a fascination for snakes. Um, when I was younger, I used to watch um, Austin Stevens, like Snake Master, uh, uh, with my dad, which is like an animal documentary, like a TV show. Like Steve um, Owen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he was a South African guy. He was nuts. The geezer was completely crazy. I'll give you an example of like his mentalness. Uh, he was on uh, one episode, and um, he's looking uh, in uh, like in uh, Florida uh, for these um, like pythons, these giant pythons mm. that are around there nowadays. 
He was in early 2000, but he was doing this. But he's in the Everglades. Now, there's crocodiles in there, right? So he's 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 riding along on this crocodile on, on like in, in the middle of the swamp of the Everglades. Like the, the, the horse has got water like up beyond its legs. Like it's hitting its body and stuff. And um, he's just casually riding along. And he, he like, just out of the corner of his eye, sees a snake, like, literally, just, just slowly swimming along under the surface of the water. So he doesn't stop or nothing. He literally leaps straight off the horse while it's still moving. Like, square into the water. The horse fucking started smuggling, splashing around everywhere, like, could have kicked in under the water. He doesn't know what type of snake it is, so it could have been venomous. Mm. could have been one that could have, could have, could have killed him. Like, and he's just underwater wrestling with his animal. Comes back up, the horse is still going mental. And there could be crocs anywhere, and he's just standing there holding this snake, um, casually talking about it to the camera. Um, he also he, well, he also crawled inside a, a rattlesnake. Um, okay, when they when they yeah, so yeah, he's claustrophobic, and when they when they hide away for like hibernation and stuff in, in the winter, like they'll you'll get like clusters of, like fifty like all together and stuff, especially because then they like breed and lay their eggs mm. and shit. And he wanted to photograph them in their natural habitat. So, like, he found a hole where they were hiding, and he crawled inside of it. Um, what a madman. Like, yeah, it was actually quite unnerving, because it's just like, you, you've got problems, mate. You're Did he say you've got claustrophobia as well? Yeah, he's claustrophobic. That's dedication to your job, for sure. Either that, or he's um, got an absolute death wish. Dedication to your job. He is also just a thing a bit slightly mental. I think he kind of got a bit uh, light snakes mm. in, a, in a weird sort of way. Or not, not got a mental, but I mean, most people that you talk to just don't really want anything to do with them. Almost. Not most people, but there's a lot of people out there that are just like, not repulsed by the idea, but they're, they're happy to have a look at them, but they don't want to know near them. You know, even the ones that aren't venomous, the ones that, like, I said, no, don't worry, like, this can't, if it bites you, it can't kill you. Like, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't name names, because I'm sure they don't want to be named, but I know someone close to me who uh, is absolutely terrified of snakes. So, um... I don't... Which is weird, because this is a stereotype that I think people want to put that. I don't personally know anyone like that. My mum's just not a fan of them. She's just like, nah, you can have the one. I want out that. The rest stay at my girlfriend's. Um... Although when 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 I move out, which will hopefully be soon, then um, they'll be coming to they'll be moving in with, oh, yeah. with me. I'm sure um, you have your own room dedicated to all your snakes as well. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, red tower would be really wicked. Mm. I mean, so at mine I've got um, crested gecko and I've got hognose. But uh, I got into it um, firstly through I was always interested in them through Austin Stevens, and then. Uh, one of my friends, uh, you know, you know, Gareth. Yeah. Um, he got a crested gecko, and like, I was in, I was like, oh, you know what? I kind of wouldn't mind getting a crested gecko. And uh, my girlfriend had a bearded dragon, um, but I'd always spoke about wanting to get a snake, but I'd always ask my mum, and she was like, no, you can wait until you move out, whatever. So um, I just came home one day with a crested gecko. Um, I, I come home with one called um, Momo, um, and then he died, like literally less than two days later. Yeah, do you want to explain what there. happened there? Obviously, well, so anyone listening to that be like, what the hell happened with that? So I don't actually, like, fully know what happened to him. I brought him home. He was abnormally big for... what well, I was told he was eight months old. He was a lot bigger than that. But, like, you know, 
I didn't know too much about him then, but he, he looked bigger than he should have been. But he was completely fine. Uh, and then he was halfway through shedding. Um, and he, like, couldn't get the shed off his back legs. He was stuck on him for, like, a whole day. Because he was literally shedding from the moment I brought him home, which, like, as soon as I got him in his, his, uh, his, his Bavaria, we started shedding. Um, and then, like, the halfway through the second day, he, he was, like, crawling around on the floor. And then I went to check him, like, ten minutes later, and just, like, he weren't moving. Uh, so, like, he got him out, and he was freezing cold. And, like, uh, yeah, it passed away. Um, so I called up the shop, and uh, they, they said to come in, and um, they took me out of another one. So I went down, and I got uh, another one. Um, and I got a uh, little, well, I say little, it's fucking huge now, but uh, Marley. Um, we, we named her Marley for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, you can't just go to someone here and anything goes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, we, we named her Marley after, uh, you know, the uh, good old, good old Julia since Amelia in my brain. Someone's um, definitely going to report this podcast for that accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry, it's okay. It's all love, all love it, you know. Um, good vibes only. Yeah, exactly, good vibes only. There's no hate, no hate. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, brought, I just brought the gecko home, and obviously once I went past my mum, I was like, boy, get another one. Um, so I got another one, uh, and then um, Megan, uh, my girlfriend, she's always been interested in sort of working around animals and stuff, so... Um, yeah, when uh, Megan uh, comes on, I'm doing a definitely have a massive talk to her about that. So that's the one thing I know she's like properly passionate yeah, about. Yeah, she's always so she's always wanted to work uh, with animals. Um, and like I obviously I told her about wanting to get snakes and stuff, and she wanted to start uh, doing some volunteering just to help with her course mm. uh, that she's doing because she's currently doing like environmental sciences, but it like it, it contributes to uh, in terms of like habitats for animals and stuff. Um. So she uh, ended up like calling up the reptile shop uh, that I got the gecko from uh, that uh, Gaz got the gecko because we went to the same place. Yeah. Um, so uh, she ended up doing volunteering there, and uh, we brought home a corn snake, baby at the time, it was a little hatchling um, that she, she uh, which we originally thought was a he, um, and we named it Severus, but it is now with like since it's grown. Sort of come to realise that uh, that is female now, um, and then we went on to get a, 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 a ball python. Um, so we went on to get a. He's definitely got a Harvey uh, mm. sort of morph look on him. I don't know what else. There's definitely something else, um, but we're not sure what else because the guy who got it off didn't tell us. So we got him, and then we went. We named him Fang. Um, so he's a he's a, a ball python. He's a, he's a he's a mouse. He'll grow like three or four foot long when he's full grown. Uh, and then we recently brought home a rat snake uh, that we named Luna. Um, but she she's a she's a bit rare. She's a cross between a rat snake and a corn snake. Okay. Which is quite uncommon. Um, and then we also uh, recently grabbed an albino ball python, who's also uh, heterophyte. So. Hopefully, when we breed her, that will prove out if she is her pied, and that will give us five children from her as well. If we breed her with another pied, so that will that will be a good way to start. Um, also, um, you've mentioned to me about your plans for the future about um, breeding snakes and stuff. Do you want to like give a little 
insight into like how that works and whatnot? Um, yeah, so, uh, well, so firstly, yeah, I recently got a sort of found uh, passion with these, with these, working with these animals and stuff. I decided that, uh, you know, I'm going to sort of look at forgetting about acting for a while, especially with the way the industry is at the moment. Um, and uh, I'm going to look at, like, breeding snakes and going towards, uh, working towards trying to open my own uh, reptile shop. You know, reptile business would be, would be wicked. Um, so with the breeding, like, they breed every... Uh, Every every winter is around this sort of breeding time, so we've missed it this year. So we're going to try and go for it next year. Um, but uh, the way like get yeah, so you can you, there's, there's several well, there's two ways you can sort of look about getting into like breeding. You can either just like sort of wait till they're in breeding season and then just put them together. Hmm. Um, but the best way to do it is like you do something called rumination. So what you'll do is like you'll change their temperatures and you'll like uh, monitor them really closely and like you know regularly turn it off, like pump the temperature up or pump the temperature down, yeah. um, and that helps get them. It, it makes it more natural. It makes them feel more like they're in the wild. Okay. So that helps helps them sort of like get eased into breeding more naturally, and that sort of it's it's supposedly um, makes them more reproductive. So it helps with their. Um, with, the, with their fertility and you know that helps ideally because you could like, there's not a sort of like a set number when you get a glut you could get maybe six eggs you could get maybe two eggs you could get eight eggs yeah you know everyone ideally you want eight eggs every time because the more the better but it doesn't always work that way unfortunately um, once you've got the eggs you then need to like you've got to take them off the mum and incubate them yeah well yeah like for a certain number of days and then when they're ready then they, they hatch out uh, for us, the uh, topic on this, uh, do you want to tell the people about your present for Charlie? Um, Charlie Grace, yeah. you feel about right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's for her and for um, for uh, Megan. So, like, me and Gaz are looking at, like, grabbing them a, like, a little leopard gecko each. Yeah. Um which is obviously what I've got at home and what Gaz and that have already got is a crested gecko. Um, so a leopard gecko is like a different type of gecko. They're not not a lot more colourful because you can get some really vibrant colour crested, but they're just different types. They're, um, they're, they don't climb as much, so they're a, bit, they're a bit easier to keep in terms of like, you just need a heat pad and you can keep them in a little plastic fornivarium and stuff, so it's a lot easier to look after them. Um, me and Cresty to look after anyway, you just spray them twice a day and feed them every other day. But it's a different type of gecko and eventually like, we're going to look at breeding them because geckos are easier to breed than the snakes are in, in, okay. in theory, technically. Yeah. You know, because you, you don't need to buy an incubator for them. Like, they, they, they incubate but sort of like at natural temperatures. Okay. Like, sort of well, that makes the, things um, easier, yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot easier to do it. And they, they also, like, they don't have, like, uh, proper breeding seasons, like they kind of always sort of been breeding, really, as such. Like the leopard geckos, especially, they're sort of breeding now. But the crested, you can sort of breed them at any time, mm. really. Right. So, cool. on to the next topic, and we'll see tattoos. Obviously, you've got a fair few tattoos yourself, Ryan. Yeah, I've got a little count, I actually can't remember. <laughs> I feel like that might be a very current thing. I've not got loads. I've not got one in a while. Um, just because of like, fun. And obviously because of like, lockdown and all this. Like, you know, 
I feel like that might be a reoccurring thing where people are going to be like, oh, uh, what tattoos do you have? And they'll be like, uh, 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 I can't remember. <laughs> I, you know what, I reckon it will be. I mean, there's, there's, I've not even got loads of people that have got more than me, but a hell of a lot more than me. Um, I, you know, I just, you get used to having them after a while, don't you? Like, you kind of just forget they're there. Mm. Like, and, and then you, you catch that you have to call me right, you're like, what's that? Oh, yeah. Don't worry. So, what tattoos do you have, Ryan? Um, so, on my right arm, I've got, um, like, the, you know, the, the Jack Sparrow sort you know, the, the, that, 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 the tattoo for that? Yeah. You know, with the in the sun. And just the, the for the people that don't know parts of the Caribbean or Jack Sparrow. Uh, so it's got, like, the three way of the ocean and the sun in the back of that, for, like, the sparrows that fly and sun. So, like, Johnny Depp was one of the big people that originally sort of just got me into acting in general. So, like, I... I that was the first day I got actually. I remember it was, I didn't tell my mum that I was getting it. I um, ended up staying around the uh, Minans after um, I, we went to, we was out like clubbing in London. Uh, it was me and I was with Kyle. <laughs> and we were sitting there at sort of like eight in the morning and we just got back and, I was, and we looked at each other and we were like, fuck it, should we get tattoos today? <laughs> so we were like, yeah, why not? Um, I'd always had sort of idea of that. It saved on my phone what I always kind of went, yeah. Um, so anyway, we, went, we found a walk-in parlour. Um, like, it was a decent one. We looked up, like, where there was, like, a good one around. So we went we went down, went down there, and then um, walked in, and, uh, like, it was, what, 70 quid? Which wasn't too bad. No. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that was the first one. I didn't tell my mum. And then we met up with her in the evening uh, at the World's End, and I remember... Um, like, she was like, what's that on your arm? And I pulled my sleeve up. She was just the look on her face. Yeah, because um, uh, I always remember a very infamous picture of Anna sitting there, like, toasty gobsmacked when you yeah. showed the tattoo to your mum. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got no idea where that picture went, you know. I've got no, I've not got it. But I think Kyle might have it. Might have to get Kyle to dig that up. I think Kyle might have that picture, you know. That was the same night. It was, it was funny, that, because, like, that... that that happened just after I'd been in the Wagamamas, mm. um, and they, they tried to kill me, because they served me raw <laughs> Yeah, chicken. I remember that. <laughs> they served me raw chicken in the katsu curry, and then when I asked them, like, I was like, okay, well, can I have another one? Uh, like, you know, cause was, the, the guy come over and was like, well, I spoke to the manager, and your options are, they'll do me another one, but then I've got to pay for two. Um, they'll take that one, off of the bill, uh, but they won't give me another one, or keep that one on the bill and they give me a free dessert. And the desserts were like worth four pounds. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the best options, I must admit. <laughs> I just told them to take it. Off. I was like, listen, just take it off the bill. I'm like, don't worry, don't, don't do me another one. I ended up going to McDonald's and having like, a chicken sandwich. You know, that was pen. The chicken wasn't raw, yeah. the chicken was cooked. So I'd say, I do, I've only been to Vegas months, and I really did enjoy it. And if you're like, if you're a fan of like, Thai food and stuff, I'd really recommend going. No, Just I don't, don't go to the one in London. Don't, don't, well, you know what, I've been back to that one in Camden, it was lovely. I've oh, really? been there before oh. that, and it was lovely. Like, it was really, yeah, I went back. I went back with Megan, um, one of the first times we were out together um, in Camden. Like... It was nice. I would definitely say go to Wagamama. It's a pretty, lovely restaurant. If you do like that style of food, then 100% I'd promote it. Like, you know, go there. But, um, 
it was just an unfortunate, like, it was, you know, incident, wasn't it? But it was just, yeah. it was not something you'd expect, you know. Really not something you'd expect, especially from them. It's Wagamon, you don't expect to get, like, raw. I mean, it was raw. It wasn't even, like, semi-cooked, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was, it was peak. It was pink. It was really. still moving on the plate. Yeah, man. That thing was fucking <laughs> at me. Like, uh, you know... I went to put a fork in it and he was like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, I had to like pull the guy over, it's making noises and that. Um, like, what was that is, Jeff Ryan? Well, uh, so, yeah, I got that one. Um, I've got, uh, on my, on my, uh, my right arm, I've got, um, a tattoo, like, uh, it's like, that's a big one, it's a skull with, like, uh, tentacles, um, sort of, like, going around it and on the sides, on the outline, uh, I've got Memento Mori written, um, which was uh, that was put in by the tattoo artist. Um, which uh, it was like a lot of that I had the outline for the picture, uh, and that means remember you will die. By the way, that that phrase. Yeah, I know because I've recently thought about getting a Memento Mori tattoo as well. Yeah, that was his own spin on it. I had like the outline of just the skull and like sort of idea of tentacle behind it. Mm. And I said to him like, I'd like something like that, um, and I had that on my phone. And he looked at that and then sort of like freehand just drew sort of what he, the outline of what he was going to do on my arm. I was like, do you like that? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And then uh, he added in colour afterwards because uh, originally we weren't going to put any colour in it. We got like red, red shading going across it. Originally it was just going to like stay without the colour. Mm. But um, like once we finished doing all the other like normal like, other shading, that, it was bleeding quite heavily. But the blood coming out of the eyes and stuff looked pretty cool. It, like aesthetically looked pretty sick. Yeah. So we were like, all oh, right, sweet, we're gonna add the red shade in. So he added in the red shade in. So it like kind of has that constant look. When things all all go back to normal, actually, I might look at getting that one touched up a little bit. Mm. Okay. Uh, if you still got your um elbow tattoo, is that still right? Yeah, that's all right. You know that actually. Joe did a wicked job on that. Still, you know. Um, so I know it faded yeah, for a bit after you had it done. Yeah, so I got it done. I got it touched up the second time. Um, Do you want to tell the people what it is, Wayne, actually, before you um, go into that? So it's actually, it's very like, it's sort of classic, or not classic, it's cliche, but it's like a spider on a web, but it's the spider sort of done to like the Spider-Man, which wasn't sort of even liberal at the time, I just sort of like the design of that spider. But, you know, I also do like Spider-Man, so it's called little one-off, you know, I tell you what, it hurt like a bitch, that one. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's really over. Yeah, that hurt more than anything else I've got. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, to be honest though, I'm not, I'm not going to not get my other elbow done. I will do, but I don't know if I'll get shading going directly over the mm. again. I don't know if I'll do that. That that hurt. But I might get something going around it maybe. But that was painful getting that done on my elbow. Any other toes? Uh, I've also got like a all time low, um, like one of their albums. Uh, like little tattoo of their like, album logo um, on my bicep, but that's which like, album? Uh, Last Time Renegade. Okay. I quite like that album. I know Lisa. If she will, should be listening to this. She'll be a, a huge fan of that. She's a massive all time low fan. Yeah, I, so I was like, I've seen them live. Uh, I don't even know how many times. Quite a few times. Um, they're a bit of a sort of. Like, I, I think they're a decent band. Like. I, my music taste is weird. Like lately, it's, it's, it's been a lot of reggae stuff. You know. It's all that ganja you've been smoking. <laughs> <Well, laughs> no, that is 
No, but if you it, think uh, when you get high, you um, sing Buffalo Soldier and you piss me off every time. No, I don't. I've not done that for you, you know a long time. You know, you keep, keep it that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I'll definitely try to. I say uh, you need to answer that. They're talking about some crap about looking at like maybe uh, like banning tourists from being able to go into the coffee shops. So only people that live there can do it. I mean, so, I mean it's, yeah, it makes sense for like their government and stuff. Well, they're going to lose a hell of a lot of money on tourism, mm. and um, the crime rate's going to go up because if they think that people aren't going to like just like, people who live there are just going to go into shops buying a man, and then they're going to stand in the streets going, "Yo, you want to buy something?" Yeah, that's all that will happen. Like, so if you're worried that so the whole reason they did it was to decrease the crime rate. Which it did, and it's, you know, also half, like, you know... There's a not a lot you can do when you're fucking sitting at home with a massive blunt in your hand, so... No, exactly. Of course not. It makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense, you know. I, 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 to be honest, I think if they do push that through, I think they'll just end up looking at, like, undoing that. Probably, in, yeah. In the future. Yeah, because it's not going to last, is it? Like, of course it's not going to last. Uh, final topic before the Q and A. Obviously, you and Megan have been dating for over a year now. How did yeah, you two meet? Uh, so we met at Voodoo. Um, yeah, was, was that the, that the Halloween Voodoo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you were James Bond. Yes. Yes. yes yeah, yes, I remember. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because at the time I had like for money, and like <laughs> I had nothing to like really go at. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, I was like, so I'm gone. Yeah, so just to, uh, just to clarify to everyone else, we're going to a metal nightclub on Halloween, and your boy Ryan here goes as James Bond. What? I mean, <laughs> compared to what some of the other people turned up there as, you know, I, I wasn't doing that bad. You know well, I mean? like, anyone that knows Voodoo knows that he's an absolute dive, and people that were a little bit, well, they can be a little bit OTT, so... Friendly, though, oh yeah, fair. not a bad word said about it. It's just the place itself is a dump, but I love that place, and it's yeah, probably it's riddled with it's riddled with growing on a car made to catch it there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in fairness to the place, I mean, obviously, look, it's hosted an angel, yeah, it, mm. it is listed, right, and obviously, like, given where near where we live, you know, we've been to uh, Pop World, you yeah, know, in. in, in, in in a local local Hartford and all that, and I've seen more nutty shit happen at Pop World than to I've seen same. Voodoo. Yeah, everyone's yeah. a lot more respectful of Voodoo. I must admit. I've not seen nothing happen at Voodoo apart from people throwing balls from the pulpit at each other. Yeah. You know, like other than that, it's all just been peace. I've never seen any sort of mental stuff. It's mad because the, the thing is that building is so big, you feel like you're in a fucking like mini little yeah. community for the night. Walk down the stairs, you've got the outside area. Go through another room, we've got fucking Bouncy Castle, games there, food guy there. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, usually when it's like just a normal night, it's like two, three rooms kind of thing. But obviously, when they do like the special events, like the summer party the and the winter party, they are the best. They open everything up, so you've got the courtyard bit, just the room next to the courtyard bit, which is like a pop kind of thing where the Bouncy Castle is. Oh, it's, it's, you know what, if, you, if anyone's never gone, if anyone listens to this, it's never sort of been like, when all this craziness ends, 
if you can, definitely try and check it out. Like, if you like that kind of music, I wouldn't admit, if you don't, yeah. I will happy you, anyone that's listening to this that's not been to Fudo, I will happy take you to Fudo. Yeah, I tell you what, I downloaded it and obviously it's not officially cancelled yet. But I don't think it's gonna be going ahead. If it does for some unknown strange reason go ahead, I won't be going this year because I don't fancy catching Chrome with download. That's the thing, isn't it? Like I, I don't think it'll be happening anyway, mate. No. I, I really don't I don't I, I don't I, I, like, Glastonbury's really been cancelled as well, so you know. Well, that's that's why. Like, Glastonbury ain't going ahead, they ain't going to pump down on the head, are they? No. Reading's probably not going to happen either. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> um, back on to uh, your relationship with Megan. What's your best memory you've had with her? Probably the night we met. That was that was really that was the best night of the movie I've had. That was a really good night. Pretty fucking gay, but fair enough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, to be fair, I, mean, I remember like seeing you two like get closer and closer to the fact that I'm like fucking gone, lads, get in. Well, this is the thing, like, so obviously we, we got together, without excluding that, probably, like, uh, we had a really, like, at that, that time with the Camden was lovely, and, like, in between, sort of, when we have been able to go out, we went to, uh, like, the West End together, which was really nice, and, like, went shopping and all that, but we, could, we met in October, and then, obviously, we went out and stuff, we did stuff doing like up until March and then COVID hit. Mm. Um, we've not really been out to go out and really do anything. And then when we come out of lockdown, sort of, we, we was, when we could, we were going out and doing stuff. But we also, we both work at bars, so like, because we were both working. Uh, usually on our time, on the, on the two days off a week we both had, we were both so fucking knackered. We decided we just wanted to like, actually just chill. You know, and then when it comes back to, we've been locked down again. It's weird, isn't it, how yeah. things have been. It's gone so... It feels like it's been such a long time, but when you think about it, it feels like it's only the other day. Yeah. Well, obviously, with lockdown stuff, how has the relationship been within lockdown? Obviously, you know, rules and regulations and shit you got to abide by. Oh, yeah, it's been fine. We've been alright. But... See, the thing is, because we've been working together, like, at the reptile shop, so... Like, because of the travel, so I've been seeing her still. Yeah. When we're going there and stuff. So, you know, and then, because of the time we finished up there and stuff, she just stays at mine that night. And, you know, she's not allowed to travel, so she can't travel, so she can't stay. You know what I mean? So, you know what, the thing is, like, if we're going to get into all this stuff, let's get into it. It's all bullshit. Someone I know who's who's, who's elderly who lives in fucking London the other day, yeah. No, 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 it's a load of shit. Listen, I'm not sure so, the rules are shit. Have you, have you, have you, you smoked before this? No, no. Oh, you just, you just ran in. Yeah, no, oh, I'll go and have one. <laughs> I'll, I'll all go and have one. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm just solely prepping one now. But, like, the, the, the problem is, like, so, like, someone I know who lives in London, yeah, they're, they're elderly, right? Um, they're in their 70s. And they've been, uh, like, they got their letter today saying, like, uh, you know, go get, you know, where to go to get their jab, right? Mm. Well, you know, they, they live in, like, Kentish Town area, around there, right? Yeah. So they get told to go to Hackney. Okay. I mean, right? that's, a, that's a fair but, track, but yeah. Yeah, but, but this is the thing. So, don't see no one, don't go out, stay at home, lock yourself away, drive yourself fucking mental, but now travel halfway across the city to go get half of your jab 
that won't even protect you for another four fucking weeks until you go and get another one. So how many places, you know, even on the bus, she, she, she's old. Yeah. She don't really want to be travelling. She was like, oh, I don't really want to travel to Hackney. I'm, I'm old. I'm, if I get it, you could do me in. No, thank you. Mm. <laughs> how about, and the thing is, the reason why I feel more this place, there's like four doctor's surgeries in within walking distance of where she lives. Yeah. So it's not like... There's Make her life basis. easier. Well, just, that's a, yeah, I, I'm not saying that, like, it needs to be done, you know, personal delivery to your doorstep, doc, private doctor come and do it for you. Yeah. With a silver spoon at your bottom at the same time. Like, fuck that off. But, like, why are you asking old people who you're telling to stay at home to be protected to travel God knows how far, you know, to go and get half of a jab and yeah. then travel back? You've got to travel back. You know, it's old. There's just more, all this COVID. And we wonder why things are going up and down with COVID. You know. Yeah, I mean, look at New Zealand and Australia at the moment. They're free. They can do what they like. They've been having parties. This is, this is why I'm not accepting no excuse of, oh, well, you know, no one's dealt with this pandemic before. And well, okay, but it's been long enough now for us to be able to look at what they're doing and be like, all right, we'll admit we fucked up. Yeah. We were wrong. Now we're going to close the borders, shut everything down for like however long, and you know now we go again, and then hopefully things will work. But we've not shut the borders at all. No, New Zealand have they've shut their borders for the rest of the year to make sure nothing happens essentially. Yeah, exactly. We we're still letting people come and go. We're still letting people come and go. They're saying now they're introducing some thing about you're going to have to like. Uh, Quarantine in a, 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 ho- like a government. Yeah, you could buy your own hotel British, or something. British hotel or whatever for 10 days. But, like, I mean, why are we still letting. Why Why didn't we shut the borders like, when this first started? It's nearly been a year. Yeah, it's been a year in at least like a month's time. 100,000 people are dead. Yeah. Like when you when you look at it like that, it's it's, it's you know what, really fucked. You know up. what takes the piss as well on top of that is Boris Johnson being like, "Oh, we're sorry and we've tried, but you know we've done what we could." It's like, "Oh, we did everything we could." Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's, that's cool, mate. And I mean, I'm sure the 100,000 people that are dead really are thankful for your wishes and stuff. That you know, that you've done what you could. Everyone. That's all they're doing. It's just gaslighting everyone. Yeah, He's saying what what he thinks everybody wants to hear. Of course they've not done everything they could. Listen, they they locked down three weeks late. Do you remember it? But even recently, yeah, we've been recent fuck-ups, excluding, even if you want to exclude the fact that, like, you know, they sent hundreds of people that were in hospital who lived in care homes, who tested positive back into care homes. Hmm. You know, because they didn't test them before they sent them back, and then that caused it to get into the care homes, and then they blamed the staff yeah. for that. You know, lack of a lack of PPE, lack of locking down several times, like too late, so that yeah, by the time they do the inevitable Christmas was bad. The inevitable. So. Well, that's the thing. So they, they they leave the inevitable so long that by the time it becomes inevitable, it is now inevitable that the inevitable will not work. <laughs> so how many times you say inevitable in a sentence? That's the thing. Do you know what I mean? It's just like it's all just. It's, it's bad. It's, it's it's a bad like they they don't give a shit. Of course they don't give a no. shit. No. You know, otherwise if they give if they actually gave a toss, 
Mr. Cummins wouldn't have kept his job. Oh, what did he, what, he got a piss off, man. He drove to a fucking castle. How is that not breaking the rules? Yeah, to see his son when there's like, or daughter, or wherever it was, when there's like numerous upon numerous of parents missing out on seeing their kids because of corona and stuff. Exactly. And then the excuse of, oh, I was just testing my eyes. Yeah, fuck is, off. Is, what, is that, fuck is you. That what's recommended, is it? Fuck you. Breaking heavy machinery. Fucking I'm, political <laughs> ranker. I've just drunk a whole bottle of whiskey. I'm going to test if I'm safe to drive my yeah. car. I'm getting into a JCP digger. I'm yeah. just going to drive around the neighbourhood. And if I don't it's, smash anything up... I'm perfectly I'm fine, drive. yeah. <laughs> it's like, Stupid it's, bastard. It's ludicrous. But then, do you know what? Like, they, they send mixed messages like literally day to day, which just proves they have no fucking clue what mm. they're doing. Because I remember, yeah, so there was two women. I don't know where they live, so I can't tell that part. I don't remember that. But I know that they live like 10 minute drive away from this, like, like uh, this... Um, not quarry, fucking, what's a dam? That's it, 20 minutes away from its local dam, mm. whatever, with a lake and all that. So her and her friend, they both got coffee from home. Oh, I, I've they heard this story, car. I know, I've heard they this story, to, yeah. yeah You're on radio, why not listen to it? They have to pay the money in the end. Well, like, when all that was going on, um, Mr. Uh, Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, big influence in his surname. Yeah. Bit of it. He's, a, he's a big cock. Um, I think the people got that way. They didn't even travel far. Ten minutes drive. So when you work at that, it's nothing really. Yeah, yeah and they socially distant from the walk as well. Yeah, and they said they were driving away from the village because it made more sense to like, walk around a yeah. quiet lake. Right? But anyway, so they, they at the time were obviously being told they had to be fined. And Matt Hancock's on telly and he's like... Yeah, he completely agrees with the women being fined because they shouldn't have been out because it breaches lockdown regulations, even though you're allowed to meet up with one person who's not from your household outside, whatever. And then literally less than two days later, I think it's like 24 hours later, Boris Johnson might drive seven miles to go for a bike ride. Yeah. I mean, like he cycles like seven miles from his house. Now, I'm not saying that what he did was wrong. Fair enough. If you're going to ride your bike, you're not going to do it like a couple miles. You know, fair enough. You're going to cycle seven miles and come on, whatever. That's fine. I don't think that's breaking the stupid rules either. But you can't be like, oh, the women should be fine, but he's all right. Yeah. That's... But even within the past week, mate, like the headline going back, I think, Wednesday or Tuesday morning, the headline in the morning was sort of like, uh, Matt Hancock was like, well, uh, you know, it won't be any time soon that we'll be, we'll be able to look at releasing, you know, reg- easing regulations up because of what the numbers are like. So you think, okay, I fucking know, all right, it's going to be a while. day later, Boris Johnson was like, in February, we will we will revise the, the, the regulations. And it's like, well, what is it then? What's going on? Yeah. What's happening? I don't think the pressure was needed, Wayne, but, but I'm sure it's the people appreciate it. Well, no, but, but it's true, because Bumble Clark and Bumble Squat ain't got no idea what they're doing, do they? <laughs> they're sitting there on a fucking, like, merry-go-round, spinning themselves about, handing out these multi-billion pound contracts to their mates, who fucking, you know, oh, you own a sweet factory, mm. here you go, now build PPE. What? They make sweets, bro. Yeah. Why are they, how are they making PPE? What are they doing? <laughs> is, the, is the mask made out of fucking... The Coffee. Rat? Is the, is the mask gonna, you know, is the mask gonna say Mao on the front? <laughs> on the bottom half of it, it's got a barcode and like 
picture of the cherry and the colour. Like, what? Why are they doing it out of anybody? Yeah. You know. We, were, um, it, it, we could be for uh, hours talking about this one, so I'm going to move us on to the Q&A part of the uh, yeah, we, episode. Yeah, yeah, do it, because otherwise we could be here hours. Alright, so uh, the first question is from Natalie, we'll see part of your H&D course. Uh, she asks, what is your career plan? Obviously, as you two study performing arts together, how do you think COVID has impacted the arts industry and what is your opinion on the government's lack of support for creativity? Um, well, firstly, personally, like uh, myself, like my, my, my plans going forwards, um, I'm going to be looking at sort of focusing more on the reptiles, um, looking at that going forwards. Um, I obviously still, yeah, at one point in the future, 100% love to look at like getting back into performing arts again uh, and doing something like that in in the future at some point. Um, but you know, at the moment, I'm going to look at uh, going into breeding with the snakes and looking at trying to um, get get somewhere with uh, mm. you know selling them. And um, you know, I'm going to start from doing that from the house. I'll be working at Spinster, what I'll be doing that sell from from where I am so we'll be able to save up money and then you know go to the bank and hopefully look at sort of opening a business from there Um, and your opinion on the government's lack of support yeah so like in terms of that obviously like they've done nowhere near enough I mean I don't know you might remember so much fucking goes on with the the, the, the government and all the crappy shit they put out. I don't know if you remember, you know that uh, dodgy advert they put out that was like fat and his next career could be in retrain, rethink, reheal. Like, who the fuck do they think they are to tell people that have spent you know, that life. much time and money and stuff yeah. and resources to be like, oh, sorry love, um, I know you've been doing ballet for 10 years but we need you to be a chef now. Like, fuck off. Exactly, like, no, you, you expect these people that have done all this to just give up what they've spent their lives working towards. Mm. Fuck your dreams, just go and be a fucking cyber worker. Like, what? Nah, piss that right off. How about you just, like, give them the funding to support yeah. them? It's, it's not... It's look, not hard. I hear to... I hear argue, I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear different people. You know I'm a bit more left-wing. I hear certain people be like, well, you know, we the government ain't got the money. Firstly, everyone's in fucking debt. Can someone please explain to me how we don't, we, we just pour a fucking more, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, we're already in austerity under this government, and the debt somehow still increased, even though they're making, like, cuts left, right, and centre. Fuck knows how. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. Okay, let's just ignore that. The fact that, I mean, there's not, there's people that are in, like, real financial shit anyway, at this current time, but they've not done enough to help the arts. It's disgusting. Mm, it's ridiculous. do more. On all fronts, because even on an educational level, they're just they're fucking around the schools, man. You know, they're they they Monday schools are safe, Tuesday schools are not safe. Yeah, Wednesday you can go back to school. Thursday you need to be socially distanced. Friday you're homeschooled. But it was like when they did that, you know, when they opened the schools for a day, what the fuck did they learn? What did what did they not know? Monday. You know, Sunday night that they then know Monday evening exactly. turn around and be like, "Well, schools are closed." Yeah, it's definitely now, worth going for that one day. If they weren't safe Tuesday, then they weren't safe Monday. All you did was let kids go on, you know, standard day, pick their nose, stick cigarette in the bathroom, wank behind the cricket stand, <laughs> you know. What kind of squad's a cricket stand? <laughs> give, give, 
Do you remember like the schools that did cricket nets? Everyone fucking IBI. No. Oh, did you have that? No. Oh, we had, our school had that. Like, my my school in Chesham was a fucking dump, and everyone that been there knows. We don't have school wine, it's your own business, mate, that's what I'm going to say. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, actually, I remember once when I was, I remember once I got locked in the bathroom once, um, during an IT lesson. Rest this guy, uh, In year 11. Yeah, well, no, nah, so what happened was I went to the toilet, and the bathroom was literally, like, right outside the bathroom. You left the bathroom, turned right, the toilet was there. But when I was in the bathroom, like, the caretaker was, like, sort of, reorganising things around, didn't check anyone was in the bathroom, and the door was like, uh, he pushed it out, um, and he put a set of lockers in front of the door, so I went to leave, and pushed on the door, and the door like only like, partially opened, and slammed into the lockers, and at that point he'd gone, and no one was there, so I kept slamming on the door, and I couldn't get out, so uh, and that, the front, I had no phone signal, so I had to wait until the end of the lesson, and people were leaving, and I had to like, shout, uh, my mates were leaving, them over and try and get them to fucking like get the teacher to get the fucking locker moved. I don't know why, but I can see that happening to you or Kyle. I'm sorry, Kyle, I love you, but that's definitely something that would happen to you. Kyle had some shit happened. We'll save that for another episode because I'm oh, sure you and him will have plenty of stories to discuss. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely next question is from Lewis. Uh, he asked, Did you regret oh, going to college? And as a number of people, Oh, that's a huge number of people who go to college that don't ever get the job in the industry they want. Nah. Look, uh, just from doing, performing like that anyway, it gives you a level of confidence in working with the general public. It's sort of, you don't really come by any other way. I was so used to, like, when, I, when it comes to serving people at Spoons, like, I didn't mind talking to people. I wasn't nervous or shy when I first started. Because mm. you know, I was so used to just doing shit in front of the public anyway you know, from, from the performance. So when it got down to when customer service or work with a reptile shop, from when I have been helping with the volunteering with whether same place Meg does it and like, I helped sell a couple of snakes there. You know, it helps with things like that. So even though I'm not currently doing anything in line with that, like I, I don't ever I wouldn't regret it at all now. Nah. I mean it's brilliant. Like I did some amazing shows and I got to go on some amazing trips. I mean Prague was absolutely fantastic. What a place, what a city and Paris as well, like Disneyland Paris. Mm. What an amazing place, you know, Paris what a beautiful city, wiki culture. They hate the English people. I'll tell you what McDonalds is paying, they fucking have wiki. <laughs> oh really? Oh wow. Yeah, man, they got so, like, they have, like, all of them, they got the same, like, electronic screens, they just have more, like, they have potato wedges that come with, and, like, a garlic mayonnaise dip. Oh, oh, that sounds yeah, amazing. Man. Yeah. I think it's going to be too easy, man, I'm not going to So, when you were getting your meal, like, you could choose if you want, you pick on whatever you wanted, like, burger-wise, and then when you come down at your chips, it'd be like, do you want, do you want, like, chunky fries, do you want, like, french fries, or do you want wedges? like, oh, wedges. One thing I would try to do is just go on a tour of McDonald's and just experience different McDonald's in different countries. So I had it in Egypt, actually, which was like the dankest McDonald's ever, purely because the food over there was shit. So, like... Makes sense. Yeah, weren't that nice where we were staying that time. That was like the first time. So when we got to McDonald's, I was just like, mmm, food. I'd love to try American McDonald's. Same, actually, yeah. I, I bet they got some mad stuff over there. Well, their sizes are like bigger than ours anyway. I think yeah, they're, they're like big super sizes over there, yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. You know what? Any tourist that goes to America, yeah, like, you get the supersize, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you have to. Even, it's it's even a part of the culture. Know, like, even if you know that you're not going to be able to eat that, because you're like, that's too big, you just, it's supersized. Yeah. You're going to get that, because you're in America, and fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the next question comes from Lisa, and she asks, what is your biggest achievement in life so far, and do you have any goals in particular for the future? Um, so, biggest achievement in life, uh, on like a, a, like a personal level of achievement, I'd, I'd probably have to say, like, uh, my, 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 like, the success I have with my, like, karate. Okay, yeah. Get yeah, achieving my black belt, the medals that I won from doing that, the competitions that I won, the amount that I won, like, while still practicing that. How long have you been doing karate wine for the people that... Oh, God, that's fucking hell. Well, Jesus, but when did I start? I started when I was... I'm doing it for... Uh... Like... 14 years now. Jeez. Like, so I don't attend lessons anymore. Uh, and train in that sense, but I still train at home. Um, but like I hit that bell and I just like I got to a point where like I, uh, I was working a hell of a lot like I was doing like like I'd, I'd, I'd play football on a Monday I'd go to college or like go to school go to work Tuesday evening same on Wednesday same on uh, I'd do karate on Thursday uh, same Friday I'd do work Saturday work Sunday karate mm. and when I'd go I'd teach and then train afterwards so on Sundays I'd go at like four o'clock, teach from five to six. I'd have six to seven. Uh, but yeah, uh, four, sorry, I train four, but teach four to five. I'd have five to six off, teach, uh, train six to seven. And then on Thursdays I'd like train. Uh, I teach from like seven till like eight, and then from eight till like half nine mm. I'd train. But it just you know it got it got to a point where it was so yeah I need to. Like, have a bit of a stop. Do you have any goals in the particular in particular for the future? So getting a place of my own, moving out and um, starting to breed the animals and getting like uh, the first couple of classes in snakes. Mm. Like uh, sort of the, within the, this year, hopefully that stuff can happen. That's that's the goal for for this year. But, so that hopefully we can go go and uh, we can achieve that. Um, but. That's going to be a, like, uh, a process for that, we've got plans for that, so like, yeah. going to look uh, securing um, some uh, like adult bullfight prints on top of the ones that we've already got, uh, so that they are definitely ready for breeding um, this year, because okay. the ones that we've got are ba babies at the moment, so they're not ready to breed, because yeah. you don't want to breed until they're like, a certain weight and stuff, so we're going to do that, we're going to look at waiting until uh, like, I've got a place and then we're going to get some adults in. And that should hopefully be within this year, and then we'll be able to go from there and grab a, grab some adults and get them breeding. Be good. Uh, Sophie's Anyone got... Anyone interested in the, oh, go on. In the snake, it's up. Fair enough, we're talking about snakes in the future, for anyone who wants one. Uh, Sophie's cool. got four questions to ask, so I'll go through them one by one. Yeah. Uh, Sophie's first question is, if you were to be any animal, what would you be and why? Like a an eagle, I like the idea of flying. I'd like to fly. I think 
Yeah, that'd be quite cool. Fair enough. Flying around. I like wings. You know, I'm just paying it out. Fair. It's not even just to walk everywhere anymore. Uh, second question is, can we see you do kawaii? Uh, like, can we, like, can we, now, or in, in the future, or, or uh, I'm obviously not now, but in the future, I guess, perhaps, maybe at some point in the future, yeah, maybe, uh, the, the opportunity for me to show you some arises, but she's seen some before, so, well, I mean, I guess they can't get enough of a good thing, um, you know, that's true. Uh, third question is, uh, do you feel inspired after watching Kung Fu, Can- uh, Kung Fu Panda? No. <laughs> that's a that's a safety question. I, firstly, because um, just like speaking directly to Sophie, I do, and I do karate, which is completely different to Kung Fu. So there is like no inspiration whatsoever in me watching Kung Panda to, towards karate. Mm. There's no, there's no link whatsoever. You know. And the final question from Sophie is, who is your favourite drag queen from Drag Race and why? Oh, you know what? I don't even remember the names of that many of them. A lot of the time when Megas are on, I use it as an opportunity to nap, to be honest. Wow. Um, so, that's time. Yeah, no, I've seen bits of it. I, it's, you know, do you know, what, do you know what the show reminds me of? Yeah. Like, now, I would say... Like any offense to any drag race fans out there, it reminds me of like, uh, it reminds me so much of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen reminds me of like a cooking version of drag race because the drama's always the, the drama's the same, man. I can They're see. I can see. Sophie, <laughs> Jamie, Charlie, Jen, Megan, all just face palming after that comment. Natalie as well. Nah, you know what, I can just, other than the fact that Rue, Rue's obviously don't scream at them like Ramsey, like, take take that away. But the way that the contestants out of each other, the one I liked the most from, from if anyone's name I can actually remember was that Miss Lange. Yeah. I, I, I liked, I, I liked that one, him, he was alright. Is, is it him or she? She. I say? She. Yeah. Okay, I like her. She was good. Um, But other than that, like, I don't remember... I, really remember there was I remember is it the, there's the Snatch game or something yeah there was Snatch one, game, yeah. Where one of them was one of them dressed up like a robot I don't remember oh the name. that was GG good they were, they were you know, that's, they had that, that uh, head like a horse in it. not like a horse but like heads quite long yeah and then their mum their mum sort of like a, uh, their mum their mummy did their costumes didn't they yes I think mummy mummy made my uh, did my sewing and all that uh, yeah that was quite funny I don't really remember too much. Like, there's so many different seasons of like and, and episodes that Meg's had on that she's been like that she watched when like it was June. It's only exam, thirteen like, seasons, why and jeez, come on. You say how many drag queens is that? Like per each season? Uh we're looking at what it says ten per season, we're looking at about hundred and thirty. Yeah, see I tell you what, there was one more I remember as well. It was like I'm gonna describe it describe her to you uh black quite big has been on it before and the well. on it and was not 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 no 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 uh but they were part of like a duo as well i'm trying to think of their name is it silky not making us not nah not, uh, not her. 
She pissed me off actually. Yeah, same. She fucking wound me up. They were quite old. I can't remember their name. Um. I'm sure when the drag race experts listen to this, they'd be like, "Oh, he's whoever," and I feel stupid. I hope. I, yeah, that's probably a really poor description of them. Um, mm. Like, they had a bit of a gruffled voice. But they were like forties. I think they were on the show and got kicked off, and then they like reappeared on like Drag Race All Stars or something like that. That's the only person um, I think of would be Latrice as well. That's the one. I said that to begin with, mate. I said that. I said that. That's the first thing I said. Sorry, I don't know why I didn't clock that. Yeah, that is the Latrice one. Well, yeah. That's the one, Latrice. Yeah, that is the one I was thinking of. That's kind of why I didn't say yeah then. Sorry. Get those nuts that's out of my face. That's the bit. You know what? I didn't remember the Latrice bit. I remember the Royale bit. Yeah. I didn't hear you say Royale the first time around. I remember the Royale bit. So with that, I was like, Yeah, oh, she's an absolute yeah. legend on Drag Race. She's. Yeah, she's hilarious I mean, so hilarious when when like out of all of them like when they sort of come out of their drag yeah like, I found him the funniest out of everybody yeah just naturally as well like I just found like him pretty funny but other than that yeah you know what it's not the worst show in the world There's, I've, I've seen worse stuff out there that like Love Island you know, a hell of a lot worse Ooh, yeah. fuck you Lisa I'm saying yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I can't Sorry, I can't stand that show. My celebrity, big, uh, I'm a celebrity, I can say. Big Brothers, you know what I mean? But I, I can't stand that one. But out of all of them, I just yeah. towards one. Um, I just can't. I go on. Well, you know what, you, you end up from Love Island, you get things come off it, like them people that are like, like their jobs, and they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a influencer. To be fair. What the fuck? I watched track mate. I watched track mate, and on one of the seasons, I think it's like X on the Beach or Love Island. There was a scientist on there, which blew my mind. Oh really? From Enfield wow. as well, local ass. I'm surprised by that. Same. What were they scientists scientist? Oh, I can't remember. She said scientist. Oh man, that's pretty cool though. Mm. I wouldn't have thought you'd get something like that. Pop up on that really. Uh, Not on something like that. Your girlfriend asked the next question. Uh, Megan asks if you could act alongside any actor or actress, who would it be, and what would the show and plot consist of? Ooh, that's um, that's a hard one. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I don't think I'd love to sort of do maybe like a like a bit of imagine like an animated like you know like the Clone Wars or Star Wars or something but I'd love yeah. to do a bit of like voice animation alongside like James L. Jones that'd be pretty sick actually I'd love to do something like that, that like if I could choose anything like as a dream dream thing to what like yeah do a bit of voice work with him would be an absolute dream because mm. he's uh, he's iconic in it you know he's, yeah. he's, he's voice acting like everyone knows his voice you know it's like 100% be James L. Jones yeah what would the film consist of? I tell you what, I, I'd love to just like, even if you did it like, a bit spoof for Star Wars, you know, we'd get Ian McGregor in as well, get him to run around chatting that he's got the high ground, you know. Hello there. Yeah, you know, we can have a bit of that. <laughs> I, no, I'd love to work, uh, thank Star Wars, he, like, I'm not sure what plot you give it, but I'd love to work with James L. Jones, like, you know, give it any sort of like, side plot you wanted, really. Like, any, anything. Oh, actually, no, I won't say that, because, like, to be fair, the sequels are terrible, but, like... We'll say that one other time. 
Oh, yeah, but I'd, I'd love to do something Star Wars. Okay. So it is on the up now. If, I'll have to shout out, if you've not seen The Mandalorian, um, even if you don't like Star Wars and you've not seen any of the films, if you can, just try and check out The Mandalorian. It is a brilliant TV show. There you go. It's amazing. Why aren't shouting out yeah. The Mandalorian? Yeah, 100% needs to be done that. Check that out. And check out The Wish if you've not seen it. Yeah, well, definitely, yeah. Which is it? Yeah, The Wish is wicked. Um, Lucy, who also was on your uh, college course, uh, asks, what's been your favourite moment as a performer? Oh dear, um, you know what, like, that's, that's a hard one because there's so many, like, a lot of, a lot of, like, individual moments themselves, well, like, I remember more as just like a show in general that I enjoy rather than a specific moment. Mm. I think probably during the first show that I did, the first slapstick show, and I was trying to reach over to get the box of sweets for Leanne's mum because I pulled her up to the scene that we just did. And I remember like I couldn't reach the sweets, so like, I kept trying to get them, then too far backwards, fell over the box, and then when I actually managed to grab them, I sat back up and I like, smashed my face against the corner of the set. <laughs> <laughs> and then the audience started creeping because they thought that was part of the show. I think I remember that actually. Was that so right there? Yeah, I think you might be. Everyone started laughing because they were like, you know, a slapstick. Oh, look, he just smashed his head. Like, you know. I'm pretty sure I remember like coming to you after the show and you have yeah. like, a massive shine on your face. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was supposed to happen, man. I was just like, oh, what rules? Um, oh, that was, I do remember that. was funny, that show. Lucy asks, what's one moment from your life you would redo, good or bad? I would redo. Hmm. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if I could read, you, you know what, I'd, if if I had the chance to, I, I wish there would have been no one around when I saw that UPS man with a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, I might have no, 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 I kid, I kid, I wouldn't ever do something like that, but, nah, they're, they're impossible to get though, you know, I'd, uh, find it easier to pick up a golden ticket from Willy Wonka. Yeah. Get one of them. They, they, they don't exist. They literally don't. They're just scalpers everywhere. Yeah. Cunts. Cunts everywhere. You know, CEX themselves are disgusting. Because, like, they sell it for, like, 800 quid. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what a joke. What yeah, an absolute like, joke. I, I, they buy, I know that, oh, yeah, they buy it for 600 people. But, like, Billy, even then. Yeah. Sell it for fucking, if you go, 500, 550. Why, why are you doing, like, double the amount? So, yeah, so what is the one moment you would we do that isn't nicking a PSI from a UPS fan? Um, that's a hard one, you know, I really don't know. Um, I don't think anything. Nothing at all? Well, no, because the thing is, everything sort of works out the way it's kind of supposed to in the end. So anything Fair enough. You don't, know, you don't know what else would change, do you? You know, and then you might redo something that you think you'd be better off redoing. And then once you redo it, you're like, fuck, kind of want to go back. And I tell you what, you know what it reminds me of? That's all. You remember the latest episode? It was not the latest episode, but it's from the latest series of Rick and Morty. Mm. And uh, Rick builds Morty that, like, video game saving machine. Oh, he, and then he ends up meeting yeah, that yeah. girl, and he don't use the button ever again. 
and then like they have that whole relationship. Yeah, yeah. He's on the plane ride, and it crashes, and then like at the end, Jerry presses the button, and it goes straight back, and they forget everything. Or the more he remembers all of it, but none of it ever really happened. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that. You don't know what you change. Yeah, true. Like, you know, so I think I just keep things to where they are. I'd happily do that, you know. And Lucy's final question is, what's your favourite moment from TV or film? Favourite moment from TV? I tell you what, spoiler alert, I know I what, Wait, what are you spoiling? The Mando. Okay, if, if you want to watch The Mandalorian after watching, or after hearing Wine's uh, recommendation, skip ahead about a minute, just in case. The end of series two. Because if you had any, if you had any, if you, after what happened with the sequels of Star Wars and sort of how they took Luke Skywalker and destroyed him, at the end of the Mando, like no one knew this was going to happen. It was completely kept quiet. And there's like the X-wing quietly comes in and like, a hooded figure with a green lightsaber in a in like a black robe, like mercs every all like all of these robots. Uh, and like then he steps through the doors of the hallway and it's like like Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi again, like mm. young, sort of, you know. And that was um, a sort of a, a, a moment in TV that, like, a hundred percent, that sort of felt like the people that were making that show were trying to sort of undo and make up for the fuck ups of the sequence. Yeah. Because I mean, I grew up watching them films, so I, I know it's just films, like you know, yeah. whenever like this, you know, they're in important parts, society and stories are important. You don't, you know, what's the point if you don't like, give this? You know, I know it's not real, but you know. If you care about lore and shit like that, then you sort of, yeah. you know, and then go along and break shit, it kind of is a bit frustrating. Um, and because I grew up with the, the them films, like, the sequels specifically felt like they were sort of just a big fuck you to... Cashing. The, the sort of the way... Yeah, which is a cashing mm. for Disney, really. Like, there was no love playing behind it. They hadn't planned... They hadn't planned any of the story. I mean, they had admitted they hadn't planned it. Like, you know... Daisy Ridley herself said that come the start of the ninth film, she still didn't know who her character was. Yeah. So what does that tell you about? I don't think they really gave a shit. But that moment where he... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, because yeah, we're about after a minute now. I don't want anyone to... Uh... That moment. That yeah, the one. yeah, cool. Um, the reason I've downloaded, Joe asks, if you could go travelling without concern, cost of free time, what country or countries would you most likely to explore? You know what? I'd love to um, go around Asia. Any specific to, part of Asia, or just Asia in general? I'd love to. I'd like to do Japan and China, and you know, I'd say I'd like to sort of you know go to maybe a bit of Vietnam as well and Cambodia, but like specifically Japan and China. I'd love to see the Great Wall, and mm. I'd love to just see what Japan's like. Yeah, to be fair, Japan's one of the places I'd love to visit. Yeah, like, I'd love to just see what it's like there, man. Everything's just, like... they got, like, technology everywhere. Yeah, like, they're, they're years ahead like, of us. Like, like, years ahead of us. Yeah, but then people sleep in, like, tiny little pods with just bed in it, and you think, like, wow... Imagine someone like me trying to get into a little pod like that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be getting you out of that. No, we won't. It'd be a... Uh, It'd be me at download or whatever, 2014 download or whatever again. You'd like, a, a window for you. Yeah. You could just, like, stand up and then lie down. I'd have to, like, sleep in it diagonal or something just to squeeze myself <laughs> in. <laughs> the oh, joys of being dude. six foot four. Oh, yeah. 
Jesus, man. Um, I would like to go to Japan, though. That would be cool to see that place. Last uh, two questions here from Spence. Uh, Spence firstly asks, who's your current ideal United starting eleven? Oh, so to be honest, I'd go with. Uh, I'd still stick with the Herring goal. I like Henderson, but I'd stick with the Herring goal. I'd go with Maguire, just because he's probably he's, he's a bit better than Lindelof, and I'd go with Lindelof actually. And who? <laughs> uh, I'd go with Maguire and Santebi. Okay. Lindelof. I, I really rate Santebi. You know, he's a good player. Um, forget about all that racist crap for him. He's a, he's a talented young kid. Um, I'd go with uh, Tellez and Wan-Bissaka. Over uh, Luke Shaw? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know what, like, Shaw can go forwards. Defensively, he's just... Not all there. I don't know. It's, nah, I, just, I don't know what it is about him, you know. he He's not bad. I just, I think Tellez is just a bit better. Hmm. He's a bit more experienced as well, and right now I kind of we need someone that's a bit more like that. You know, he's got a bit more of a head on his shoulders. Um, so 100%, I'd, I'd probably drop Shaw, um, and I'd, I'd 100% go with Tellers. Like I, I just think he's a better player. Yeah, midfield. Um, and then yeah, I'd go with in the midfield. I'd go with Van der Beek alongside probably, probably, probably Pogba. Mm. I go Van der Beek and Pogba, and I put Bruno as a number ten. And then um, wide plot wall forwards, I guess. So I'd have um, I'd have uh, Rashford on the left. Um, I'd see, you know, this is going to be really out there, and I know it's not done. Or I don't think it's ever been done. I'd have Rashford on the left. I'd start Cavani down the middle and I'd put Martial on the right okay no you place know, to Greenwood, uh, Greenwood then well the, the thing is I'd, I'd I'd rather bring Greenwood's young fast got energy tenacious he's quick he can play on both feet you know he's a good player but he's, he's, look be honest yeah yes or no would you want Greenwood starting every game 90 minutes no I, yeah, I, I'd rather bring him on Impact like yeah, impact up, yeah. There's an impact, you know. He could really be dangerous, you know. You could take Cavani off, bring Marsh out to the middle, and then bring Greenwood on from the right. And uh, the seventh question from Spence is: uh, Who do you think United need to sign to win the league? Uh, a centre back, hundred percent. Who? Who would you sign <laughs> if you could? Sign? Yeah, or who would you like United to sign? I should say. Um, I know I see, I see a lot of talk about people saying like uh, Bali. Personally, I'd actually rather we, we didn't go for him. Um, he'd probably come and flop. I feel like I'd go for Abubakarna. Uh, everyone wants Abubakarna. Everyone wants him. He's hot pocket at the moment. The thing, the fact is that that's, that's because like he is shit hot. He yeah, is he, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. He is. He is a really, really good-looking talent. That kid. He's. He's, he's a lot sort of. Like, I see him as sort of like similar to like the next sort of around in a way. Yeah. You know, he's going to be one of. The, he, he'll probably end up being the best centre back in the world. Anyone he, else? He's quick. He just he's good on the ball. Um. Anybody else? I'd probably. If you say Sancho, I'm ending this call. 
Well, no, see, that's the thing. Like, I, 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 was, I would say a right winger, but we signed Palestri and we've also recently just got in Ahmed Diallo. Yeah. Now, both of them ain't ready. But then, so we need a current right winger that's ready. Well, what are we going to do? Go out and sign a 22-year-old? Why do we bother signing them to them? Yeah. They're just going to stunt their growth. He's going to be here for the next however many years. What's the point in them? They're only like a couple of years younger than him. So I kind of feel like we need to go for someone that's a bit more on the experience side. But I don't want us bringing in any people that are nearly done. So with the wing, with the wing position, is hard. Like, to be honest, maybe a, a replace, and, and you know what, another midfielder. Yeah, but you know, I tell you what, Camavinga. Yeah, you look shit hot as well, actually. I'd, I'd like to bring in Camavinga. You know, because that's like Pogba replacement done already, mm. and he's youth, he's young. You know, Pogba's still there. You can ease him in slowly. He'd work with Fred. He'd work next to Van der Beek as well, I think. Yeah. So Camavinga would probably be the second one I'd like to bring in. I think he's a decent. He's he is a good player. I think Camavinga. Hey, what else for you? Would you be happy with just them two? Just them two. Okay. Um. Right now, yeah, because. We've already exceeded expectations where we are. You know, we're technically still in the title race. You know, you never know. This this team that we've got now technically could do it. So they're bottle jobs, so we probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> technically, at, least, at least you're honest. At least you're honest. No, yeah, but it's true. There's no point in getting yourself all deluded running around going, we're going to win the league. No, I was saying it as a joke. Mm. Also, to one, uh, Megan Hart, because she's first fan. Yeah. But, you know. Like, we're not going to win the league. Of course we're not, really. Like, yeah. we're just going gonna to be around top four, you know, just about. But it's, you know, it's, it's good to be realistic with it. Yeah. You, know, you look at where we were, and, okay, yeah, we were top, and I know, okay, yeah, like, top of, top of, you know, around this time normally does go on to win the league. But at the same time, you, you look at just the way this season's gone, it's weird. You were nearly in a relegation battle. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Now we're really? eighth. Now you're eighth. You know, this we is, had one this of the... This the season where we're standing in the Premiership, we, calling it now. You never know. We had <laughs> one of our, our worst starts to the season ever. Now we're in yeah, the Yeah, it was you who was going to get relegated, then it was us. I tell you what's mad, though. Like, obviously, we lost the other day. We're one point behind City. We're second. One point behind first. Mm. And the newspapers are like, oh, that's it. Title race over for United. Liverpool ain't won in like five games. They beat Spurs last night and they're like total race back on. Yeah, I know. They're fourth. They're Welcome. like six points behind. Welcome they're like to four journalism. City. So how 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 are you working that? We're second. We're out in title race. They're fourth. They're still in it. What? Yeah. We're ahead of them. Donkeys. Does that make sense? And uh, no, no, no Ryan, shut up. Ryan, hundred percent biased journalism. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, like, for. Uh, we were in the episode on a wines ranting against the sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with the sun. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for being the first guest on the podcast. I really appreciate oh, it. Pleasure, pleasure to do it. Thank you so much. Uh, apologies for the listeners for the audio issues and stuff that is any in this episode because we've had to do it through a call and not anchor. Yeah, hopefully soon we'll be able to actually do one in person. You know yes, what I mean? That would be that'd nice. Be wicked. That'd be good. Um, that'd be real nice. Episode. This is episode one. My episode was episode zero. So episode two will feature the very lovely Joan Baker, and we'll get a discussing her life and whatnot. 
Um, so if you can tune into that. Uh, as for now, thanks, Wayne, for visiting my world. Could you fuck off at my world, please? Of course. <laughs> I'll pleasure. I'll, I'll happily get out now. <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully, we'll get to do this soon. Now. Yes, definitely. I'll definitely get you on for the football as well. Football podcast for nice start that. Oh yeah, banging! Let's do it. I could do a whole yeah. like. Thing oh no. That long. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, get started with that. Yeah. Going, like, so uh, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening, and remember, tip your waiters. Take care.